Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. All right, it is the uh, Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. And uh, Chris Kapilovic uh, joining us now. And, uh, Coach, I'm glad you made it safely the other day. Y'all had some weather and flights diverted and everything. But uh, great to have you on the show and, and welcome to town. I know it's a, it's a uh, business where you do have to up and move a lot. But, uh, I'm you know, to, to be up there in all that cold. Now, you probably, in these last couple of weeks, you probably recognize this weather. It probably reminds you of your time in East Lansing, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I made that comment to a couple of coaches. I thought I left Michigan, no question. So uh, today was a good day. I, at least I was down south a little bit, and it was like 70 degrees and sunny. So it was uh, it was nice to see some of that Texas weather. Well, and that's you're going to be out in West Texas, South Texas. Um, some great football players all over the state. How much over the years, I know all the places you've been, but how much did y'all recruit the state of Texas? Even over the years, whether you were at UNC, Michigan State, did you were you able to kind of hit the ground running? Because I would think any of these major programs, you're trying to pick off at least a few kids from Texas. How, how has it been kind of hitting the ground running and, and getting to know these Texas high school coaches? Yeah, it's uh, when I was at Colorado, we were in we were in Texas quite a bit. Now I was only there for a year. Um, when I was at North Carolina or Michigan State, it was more of a you know spot situation, or mm-hmm. we had a relationship with a kid or a coach. But I tell you, it's it's uh, I've been on the road now almost three weeks, and and everywhere you go, every coach has has been welcoming, and it's a great setup, and you got access to the coaches and and to the kids, and so it's uh it, it's it's different all over the country, you know, being able to do that. And here it's been really good. So I'm excited about it. So you, you went to the portal and, and you made a couple of additions, you know, probably even before you actually gotten to meet your own players. So, I mean, you, know, you talk about hit the ground running, you, you're, you know, your head spinning. Oh, we got to, we got to sign this class. Oh, we got to do this. We got to go in the portal. Um, you have had a chance, I guess, to maybe have some, some, you know, some one-on-ones, but as far as, like, getting them on the field, doing like that, I'm sure you're dying to do that, see how they react, even in kind of a walk-through type situation. What do you, as you kind of go back through and look at last season, obviously they could not run the ball last year. It's well-documented. Um, but what, what do you see? Because you're inheriting a group that in some ways is probably – been beaten down like a lot of the players it's no fun to lose they go one and seven at home what have you encountered is it a uh i mean i bet they're kind of excited to to get a new start and in a sense have a a fresh slate with a new group of coaches but there's also it's a little scary when you have a new group come in what have you encountered in that way yeah that, that's uh I, i've met my players twice since I've been here, we we the second time I met him was we actually have football school. So I came off the road, got in the office uh, by one. We had a meeting at two thirty, and so it's 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 one of those deals. You get a limited time to meet. We go on the field and we're kind of just walking through things, no contact, full speed. But that's that's the <laughs> that's the time I've had with them. But 
just in the two meetings I've had, um, you can just see um, there's there's great intensity from these guys wanting to be good, you know, wanting to be coached up, uh, you know, fresh start, new offense, all the things you talked about. You know, it'll be a little bit different than what they've done, but I, I think that uh, they're going to enjoy it. Uh, you know, Spab has been obviously uh, in charge of some explosive offenses, and I've been lucky enough to be a part of some good ones as well. And so I'm excited about that. And, you know, you mentioned the portal. So, you know, you, you take the job, and then you got to go find some guys right away. So we were able to pick up two really good players I feel really good about, a good addition to our room. So I, I just – you can sense an excitement and, and an energy from these guys that they want to they want to bounce back and be better than what what they showed this past year. Interesting, those MAC players keep showing up, and uh, obviously for a reason. You got some great players that come out of there. But uh, what was it at those those uh, the players you picked up, Coach? What was the what were you kind of looking for? I, I at least one of the guys. I mean, you talk about us uh, the picture. Um, was he from Ohio? I'm thinking, I mean, it was just like, whoa, this is a massive man. Was it, was it, hey, we need some more size to me that, you know, that looks like somebody you could, you know, put them wherever you want. But to me, that looks like a mauler if you put them at guard or put them in the interior of the offensive line. Yes. That's uh Daniker you're talking about. And yeah. he does look like a big grizzly bear. So, um, <laughs> yes. We, we we needed to we needed to get bigger up front, and our run game is going to be more of of a vertical displacement. So trying to move guys off the line as opposed to the wide zone world that they lived in. Now we'll have some gaps, gain some things off of it, but we're going to need to be stout in the interior and move people vertically. So we knew we needed to go out and get a couple of big guys inside that have shown the ability to do that. You know, Kurt is a uh, Actually, he had some injuries, COVID. He's a seventh-year guy, so he's already got a master's. He's he's a grown man, uh, great attitude. You know, was just thrilled having him. He was supposed to visit Texas A&M right after us, and we were we were able to have a great visit and have him shut it down and commit to us and not even take the visit. So that was big. And then uh, the other Omar, who we got out of Montana State, he's from Texas. He's from Katy, and he was the uh, the number one graded guard in FCS and a two-year starter there as a freshman and sophomore. And, you know, he was on his visit, he was 325 and uh, Danica was 335. So we feel like we were able to get two good additions there as far as meeting those needs. I mean, I'm looking at him right now uh, at Kurt, and I, and I love, boy, anybody that can put up with that weather out there in Montana, I like that too. But you talk about an intimidating-looking human, so – that's going to be great. And, boy, that last part you said, that will endear yourselves even more to Baylor fans that the fact he didn't make it to College Station. Uh, not in our conference anymore, but we do have history with that group, uh, you know, as you well know. So th- those are great things. I'm, I'm wondering, Chris Kapilovic on with us on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, that, that had to be one of the most difficult things of your career uh, I won't get too far into it, but with Mel Tucker, you'd been with him. Uh, you're at Michigan State. Y'all had had some great success a couple of years ago. And and then to, to get involved in that deal where they let him go, and that was a highly contentious situation. Now, we've actually seen something not, you know, that, a different situation. But at Baylor, what was that like staying there, coaching those kids when they obviously are all, their heads are spinning 
I mean, here's the person they've re- recruited them. The re- you know, big reason why they came there. What what did what was the most difficult part of that, and what what do you think you learned that'll kind of help you moving forward from it? Yeah, it was it was shocking. You know, we were two and zero, and and you see a tweet at eleven thirty that Saturday night, and then from there it just was something every week. Um, not you get that to happen to these poor kids and we're flying to Iowa while we're on a plane, they get an email saying all of their NIL contracts were cut effective immediately. We had 62 kids on NIL contracts. So their money got cut while we're on the plane going to Iowa. And so it was one thing after another. And it was, you know, I sign up for this as a coach and know that things like this can happen. You don't expect it, but those kids don't sign up for this. And, and I really felt for them. Um, and it was just challenging, you know, every week, by the last month, we were playing with 44 scholarship players. And to those kids' credit, we won two games, you know. And so it, it, I guess, you know, if anything, man, it's, you just learn about the relationship you have with your guys in your room. And, you know, it meant more than anything for all of us to keep those guys together and keep playing and, and, and trying to overcome all the adversity. So it, it was difficult for everyone, you know, and, and it was shocking and just not what you expected. But, you know, I have – ultimate respect for the kids that stuck it out and fought through it and did the things they had to do i can't even imagine i mean you know as they as they compare notes and then of course i'm sure y'all are copied or at least your players are telling you this and then oh yeah we got to go play a football game so uh what a what a wild deal what about this appealed to you i mean uh, you know obviously there's change there you were probably already kind of looking, seeing what would happen at Michigan State. What about Dave Aranda? Because, you know, Larry Fedora obviously spent a little time here early on, then came back, and then Dave parted ways with him after one season. I, I, I found it interesting because, I mean, it just seems like Fedora, from what I can tell, was very encouraging, uh, even in a situation where perhaps he could have, had some ill will after it didn't really work out for him with Aranda. What were what did Larry say to you, a guy that you'd been with for so much of your career? You know, yeah, Larry, you know, still lives in Waco, and um, he was great. You know, he has ultimate respect for Coach Aranda, uh, really enjoyed working with him. Obviously, it was a tough circumstance with COVID and everything else that went on that year. So I think it, uh, you know, Coach was able to, Fedora was able to part in a way that, you know, he felt like it was the right thing to do and all that good stuff. And so he was very encouraging. He, he's been a Baylor a couple of times. And, you know, obviously we, we I hate to bring this up, but we lost to Baylor in that bowl game at 15. Um, so we've seen them firsthand when, when they can be really good and, and winning a lot of games. And so he just talked highly about Waco, highly about Coach Aranda and the university. And, you know, he was very helpful for me and my family, him and his wife, Christy, just all the little details that come with this. And so – it was uh, everything was positive coming from him in that aspect. All right, I wasn't going to bring that up, but uh, and by the way, <laughs> you were not over there coaching up the defense. So while you know you didn't, I'm sure it wasn't fun. Um, it doesn't uh, that one. I don't. When I think of you, I don't think, oh my gosh, look what happened to Coach Kapilovic in that game. <laughs> but Baylor, by the way, that started that year against Texas. They finally, in the second half, went full Wildcat. And it worked, and they should have done it the whole game. You know, they'd run out of quarterbacks, and uh, yep. I'm sure that's a, that's another reason why. And by the way, how does 
you think back on that, how does a guy like Art Bryles run out of quarterbacks? Like, he should have had seven or eight quarterbacks in his room. <laughs> I'm trying to right. think, how in, the, how in the world do you get down to where you don't have a quarterback? It does not seem like something uh, that should happen to him. Because you know those OCs and quarterbacks coaches, they, they love having about like 10 of those guys in there with them. But uh, I'm sure that's part of the portal, isn't it, Coach, that – you know, you can't – you used to kind of stack guys and have guys compete and have a nice big room, and now if they don't play after a year or two, they're gone. No doubt, you know, and, and even if they do play, look at all the kids that, that played, yes. started, had success, and still left, you know. So it it, it is different, you know. You, you, you talked about you would have maybe four or five scholarship QBs and have some walk-ons in the room that you really liked and – that that's not happening anymore. If you have three scholarship kids that are going to stay and work and give you depth, that's really a good thing, you know. And so it's it's a different world and and it's very transitional. And you got to be constantly, uh, you know, evaluating kids, recruiting the kids on your roster, and you got to be ready to make moves when you need to. So it's it's definitely a different. College football has changed completely, really, in the last two three years. So you just have to be able to keep up with it. What do you do with, with like, um, Coach Spavital? Like, how do you all quickly get on the same page? Because you all have been doing this thing separate parts of the country. Obviously, all these offensive coach coming c- coming together. I'm trying to think. Keenan, obviously, at SMU by way of Dallas. Um, what kind of connections do you have to these guys? And, like, what's that been like? Because you've been out recruiting, but at the same time, you guys need to get on the same page. And... You know, I, I'm sure at night when you get in from recruiting, there's some, you know, calls about, hey, here's what we need to think about from a blocking scheme standpoint. You'll have a lot of ideas, obviously, with a run game and, and, and even in the passing game as well. What's that been like? Yes, it's all of the above. So we, we have, a, you know, we're coming in on weekends, we're talking at night, and we're putting together – you know, based off the things that Coach Fav has done and, and, you know, then there's some things that maybe I will put in there as time goes on, but we just have to have, you know, a baseline to start with the guys and, and just start implementing things and, and getting together as a staff. So we've got, you know, our, our quality control and GAs, they're doing the, the playbook version of it. And they're sending it to us. And at night we're getting on the phone, making corrections, sharing it. So it's just constantly being on the same page and, you know, like when we have our football school, like we will tomorrow, we'll come off the road about noon and meet for about two, three hours and then go go meet with those kids. So, you know, once we get off the road, then you'll be able to be really be able to lock in and, and finish out the whole playbook. But that's all just constant communication and, and talking and, you know, having our young guys working behind the scenes. So a lot of a lot of things in football, everybody's kind of done before. It's just different ways of doing it, terminology and just putting that all together. What do you want to do in the run game? I mean, they didn't do well this year at all, and that was a big part of why they struggled. I, I'm thinking back to UNC. I think there was, you know, inside zone, outside outside zone, you know, some sweeps. I, I, y'all had a pro-style guy and then Marquise, as I recall. I mean, you really had some yep. interesting quarterbacks uh, to work with. But, like, when you think about Spavital and what he wants to do from a scheme standpoint, what's the what's the most important thing – for these linemen as you get the the new guys the portal guys the young players that are already there some maybe a couple of veterans what what do you need to start working with them on to be ready to to run what spavital and obviously you've got to be effective in the run game uh what what is it what's kind of your calling card 
that you like to do with linemen and, and, and just from even from a scheme standpoint? Well, the thing about, you know, Spab's offense is if you really look at it, some people hear like spread, air raid, all that stuff. It's uh-huh. not throwing the ball 50, 60 times a game. It starts with the run game. It's very similar to the same type of scheme that Baylor ran in, you know, 13, 14, 15, where it's off the run game. And it's a vertical run game first. So, you know, having those physical guys inside and moving people, you know, vertically is where it starts. And then your tackle's got to do a great job of being able to, to cover guys up and control them in the run game. And so playing playing hard and playing physical is, is where it all starts. You know, the, the techniques are we're going to come, all the scheme stuff, but they need to play hard. They need to finish blocks and they need to impose their will. And that's where it all starts in this run game. And then we'll, you know, we'll have gap schemes and we'll have some one-offs and power reads and different things like that. But, but it's going to be really about those guys up front, you know, playing physical, playing nasty and getting after people. And I think that's where it's going to start. And that's the mentality we have to start building on right now. Boy, I like that. I mean, nasty. I think the, those years you talked about, it used to – I think they every once in a while they, they like to play to the whistle, play through the whistle perhaps a little bit. And so uh, that, there was some nastiness. Do you do you go back and, and – and I like that. I mean, just to, to expound on that a little bit, the vertical game, the vertical run game. So we're talking about maybe not, you know, guys who needed to go uh, east and west – these guys are going to need to get on people, move them off the ball, and then I think I heard you talking about, like, duos. So, I mean, maybe some double teams. Is that kind of what you're saying? When you say get vertical, you're trying to move those do Instead of, like, trying to space them out, you're immediately getting them moved off the line of scrimmage. That's correct. You know, tight zone duo kind of tie hand-to-hand. Um, you know, for people that duo came from basically was a no pull power type principle. So what we're trying to do, because our pass game, most of it will be off the run game and that RPO world. So that's where when you look at film of spaz offenses and even the Baylor offices back in those days, they had all these explosive runs because everybody's scared to death of the RPO. So all of a sudden that extra safety or that extra Sam or nickel backer, instead of him fitting the box, he's, he's worried about the RPO and that creates space and, and explosive run game. So it all ties hand in hand. And so the basis of this offense is we want to run it. And then if you do things to take it away, we're going to hurt you by throwing the RPO. And, you know, there's, there's some things that the SPAV does off of that that are, are unique and it takes some time for those quarterbacks and receivers to be on the same page. But once they are, you, you really see some positive things. You look at even what happened in Cal last year. You know, once once they kind of got to that third quarterback and he was the guy to run the system, and you look at what they did with UCLA and USC towards the end of the season, it was pretty impressive. So that's what we want to build off of from that. All right. I mean, you're. I, I'm getting. I'm sitting here like the reporter I am, just jotting all this down because I love this kind of talk, and I look forward to more conversations with you because I love to pick your brain about like even some of the things you value. Like some O-line coaches love the vertical jump, the vertical leap because that shows their explosion. I mean, I want to. I really want to uh, talk more, and cannot wait to meet you in person. And by the way, if you're looking at some of that film from 2013 to. 2015 just go find 
Corey Coleman, KD Cannon, a Terrence Williams, Kendall Wright, and then you'll be okay. All right, that'll that'll <laughs> that'll, that'll help Shock Linwood, all those guys. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all you got to do. You're, I'm with you. I'm with you. No doubt. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Uh, safe travels, and uh, look forward to getting to meet you in person. And I hope you're making your way to town, uh, around town, finding out about all the good barbecue and all of that good stuff. But great to have you. Congratulations, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. I appreciate you having me on. I look forward to meeting you as well. It's going to be fun. There he goes, uh, Chris Kapilovic.